the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had Rich Matthews on to talk about our wealth plans. And uh, by the way, now, uh, if you're a prospective client, you can uh, do a wealth plan for yourself without even being a client yet. Okay, so uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, we we have a special guest on, and um, we're going to talk about taxes, but in a different way. We're going to talk about if, if you're a small business owner or a business owner in general, and you want to deal with taxes. Remember, Secure 2.0 passed the House this week, okay? So we have with us Dane Toppage, and Dane is with uh, Dunbar, Bender, and Zaff, and he's a retirement plan expert. And I think it's important because, uh, you know, you still got a couple weeks to save some money. And saving on taxes is a big thing. Dane, are you there? I am Tim. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, I hope you're. Uh, it's a lot nicer in Pittsburgh than it is here. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think much. The sun's trying to no. come out, but there's still some raindrops and uh, chilly temps for sure. Yeah, yeah, we we have some snow going on right now. So, anyway, um, we have Dane on board because what uh, what the folks at Dunbar and Bender do. Uh, is provide us with expertise, and I'm going to let him explain it because he is the expert. So, Dane, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I appreciate you having me on today, Tim. So, yes, I am with Dunbar, Bender, and Zaff. Uh, I'm a business development representative and work with uh, companies of of various sizes. Um, But just to share a little bit about what we do, we've we've been around for – celebrating actually our our 30th anniversary now and um, so our specialty is the as being the third-party administrator for retirement plans so a lot of people don't always know who we are what we do we're oftentimes in the background Um, but we do a ton of work with all kinds of retirement plans and our two big deliverables that I always like to tell people about is number one compliance if an organization wants to have a retirement plan, um, they use us in terms of making sure that the plan is set up and operates on a day-to-day basis uh, within all the rules and regulations of the IRS and the DOL. So compliance is one big topic that we always talk about. The other is um, really generating more advantages and benefits for the business owner themselves. And we're going to talk a lot about that today, um, how we do that specifically. Um, but it's deriving greater benefits out of the plan for, for the business owner is another one of our um, uh, strong points. And so we support all of our clients and all of our partners 
uh, like you, Tim, with uh, a significant amount of depth. Uh, we have uh, over 70 employees now who are supporting our clients on a daily basis with um, all the skills and qualifications that you would expect from an organization like ours, including um, four enrolled actuaries as well on our staff. So, yeah, we are here today. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay. So we are here today to talk about uh, a recent big tax change. Uh, and this came about at the end of 2019 when uh, the SECURE Act was passed. But it used to be, um, if you go back to 2019, I had conversations with people that said, hey, if you want to add in these retirement plans or these features or create a new plan to generate tax advantages for yourself, the funding doesn't necessarily have to happen, but we do need to put in all the paperwork and have all of that completed. The SECURE Act changed that. So we can actually look at tax years. Um, we can go back to last year, to 2021 at this point, and see are there opportunities to add more retirement plan features or create new plans that would generate more tax advantages, uh, more tax deductions for the business owner. And there's plenty of opportunities to do that from what we see on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, just remember the, the one thing when you're going backwards, the one thing that we um, can only take into consideration are the type of features um, that would be funded by the company, not individual deferrals themselves. Um, but as long as an organization has not filed its taxes, and, and many companies do file extensions, um, we're still, we still have uh, the opportunity to look at and make an impact on 20, 2021 taxes. That is one of the biggest reasons why uh, an organization will add uh, a company-sponsored retirement plan, especially in the small to medium business size space. Uh, is to generate greater tax savings and advantages for the business owner themselves. Um, but at the same time, uh, it can also um, generate um, larger retirement savings for the business owner. There's, there's definitely some folks, um, definitely folks who they've either ignored their retirement plan or they're relying too heavily on the business itself as a retirement plan. And some of the things that we can put in can really, uh, can really shoot up their, their savings very quickly. Um, but at the same time, there's also uh, the, the whole subject of recruiting and retention is just huge for companies of all sizes right now, Tim. Um, it's, you know, we, we've heard a lot of cases of people don't want to, work necessarily and and it must be uh, it must be the case because there's even a title for it now they're calling it the great resignation so yeah. when companies are losing top people this is a great opportunity to put in a retirement plan and connect create a stronger connection between the employee and the company and a retirement plan is one of those um, um, significantly sought after benefits in an organization now, no. Dane, are you just are you saying it's easy to just drop money into a SEP uh, and looking for the tax deduction, or do you have a specific well, plan beyond that? 
Yeah, there. I, you're right, Tim. I mean, a step is probably the one type of plan that is uh, most historically used at this time of year um, because you can drop money into a SEP and that'll go for last year. Uh, that's the way it is. But there are opportunities to not only match um, what you can be done in a SEP, but also increase it significantly. And you know, I don't know that people, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of individuals who know about how much can be put into a 401k. Like this year, the limit is $20,500. Some organizations take advantage of what's called profit sharing limits, which is for this year, you can go up to $61,000 in a, in a profit sharing. But there's an opportunity to add another plan on top of these things that very much dependent on age and earning. Um, but someone in the say 45 to 49 year range who who owns a business they might be able to put in a 401k and a cash balance plan it's called on top of that and all of a sudden they're creating a $210,000 retirement plan for themselves every single year i mean well into the <laughs> six figures is an opportunity to create tax advantages that's big bucks <laughs> yeah, extremely yeah. yeah. And there you know, we see a lot of people that they'll tell us they are maxing out their retirement plan. Okay. And and when I hear that, I I I typically see that you know, the business owner is also an employee. And just like every employee of every company, we have the opportunity to put in this year is twenty thousand five hundred dollars not including catch-up for those who are uh, over 50. But the business owner will put in $20,500 in the small business world. We typically see that in a safe harbor type plan, it's called, where they might receive another 3 or 4% on top of that. And, you know, based on whatever salary they might be paying themselves, um, they could be in that twenty-five dollars to $30,000 range in terms of um, tax deductions, that they're putting into a plan. Well, there's an opportunity that the technical term is called profit sharing, but it's a discretionary contribution by the company that depending on the scenarios that um, the business owner might be able to put in another $30,000 plus for themselves. And all of a sudden they thought they were maxing out at 25 or 30. Now they're in a $61,000 range that they can do. And then, if that's not enough, we talked about that cash balance plan. We can put that right on top uh, of the 401k that's already in place. And all of a sudden, you can do a six-figure deductions, deferrals, contributions, savings, call it, um, call it whatever you want, but all the tax advantages that come in with it. So, Tim, you asked me before about the step. Can you drop money into a step? Sure but you're never going to get uh, the opportunity to do six figures worth of, of deduction um, and never have tax advantages like what, you know, considering Roth versus pre-tax. Um, so that's another big reason to consider steps uh, or 401ks over steps. Um, that could be changing with some legislation that's out there, but um, those are a couple of reasons why, why people look at 401ks and cash balance instead of, 
just operating a step or even a simple. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, are you saying the only way to get more tax deduction is go with a tax, I mean, a cash balance plan? Or is it possible uh, you could take a crawl, walk, run approach and, and build to higher levels? Sure. It really, you know, it's all a matter of what the personal situation is uh, for the business owner themselves. Um, you know, even people that are in a simple could be looking for the opportunity to defer more dollars, create more tax deductions. There's really three levels of contributions within uh, the 401k and cash balance world for retirement plans. So, you know, starting out, maybe it's that twenty-five dollars to $30,000 range, um, but then there's the opportunity to add discretionary contributions that could, you know, more than double, uh, double that amount. And then, again, the opportunity to double down again with the cash balance plan. So it's really what's right for the individual. How much are they looking for in terms of are they trying to beef up their savings? Are they trying to create more tax deductions for themselves? Um, hey, maybe they're looking to do more in terms of rewarding their employees. So all of these things are on the table. And as I like to say to uh, clients, Tim, it's, you know, let's start at the end of the story. What are you looking to accomplish? And then let's see if we can design a plan to make that work. Okay. That I help? see what you're getting at. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Any examples? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's look at a, a couple. Um, you know, I, I worked with a, a client recently that he was in a step since we talked about those, and he was giving 5% to all of his employees. Now, anyone that's in a 401k plan as an employee, if you're receiving an additional 5%, that's a, that's a pretty generous contribution in terms of a retirement plan. Um, now, the problem with it is this. The business owner himself, he was 56 years old and paying himself $150,000 on a W-2 because he was giving 5% to his employees he could only give 5% to himself. So his retirement plan contribution was only $7,500 annually. We worked with him to convert to a 401k with the profit sharing component. And by giving the employees that same 5%, and he was adamant that he did not want to reduce that amount. Um, but by giving those employees that same 5%, this year, he'd be able to do $61,000 plus even a 6,500 catch-up, he could go all the way to um, $67,500 for that same 5% contribution that was only giving himself $7,500 before. When he told that, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't know that I want to put away that much money. I said, that's okay. You don't have to. You know, pick a number that you want, 20, 30, 40,000, 50,000, whatever you want, but the opportunity is there to go all the way up to 67.5 without increasing the contribution to employees. So a lot more flexibility came to him um, just by moving from a step, which is pretty common in, small, in the small business world, to a 401k type environment. And if his business does grow, um, you know, there's an opportunity to look at another plan, a cash balance on top of that to generate even more deduction. In another case, um, I worked with a business owner that 
he already was in a 401k and he was maxing it out in that 25 to $30,000 range. Um, at the time, his, his business was about four years old for, for nine, uh, with about nine employees. Well, this individual is making four to $500,000 every year. Um, but he really had no large deductions or expenditures. He built his house. He bought a place in Florida. He had all of his um, uh, college expense funded for his kids. He was just making money and paying taxes. So what we did was he we took a look at his situation. He thought he was maxing out by putting in twenty five grand every year into this four hundred one k. Now what he's doing is. He has the 401k, and on top of that, a cash balance plan. Um, he's putting in $250,000 every year. I remember talking to him back in the fall uh, and referring back to the 2020 tax year. He told me, yeah, I put in 250000 He said, I think I saved myself like $75,000 in taxes. I said, okay, that's pretty good. But the other part Plus- of it, and we talked about – oh, go ahead. No, plus the fact that the government doesn't get a hold of your money and, uh, you know, whatever you make on that, uh, you don't pay taxes on for a pretty long time. So that's a a great point, Tim. I I mean, you think about it, a lot of businesses at the end of the year, they're going out there and buying equipment and computers and all these things must be depreciated over their taxes. And they know it generates deductions for the business, but you know, putting $250,000 into a retirement plan will also generate deductions um, for a business. And the best part is the owner typically gets to keep, you know, 80 to 90% of that money. Some of it does go to employees, but most of it stays within the owner account. So, um, good deal. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. <clears throat> and in this situation that I was just discussing too, this this business owner, um, he has an employee that uh, has been with him, all told, in different businesses for about 25 years. But she's in her early 60s now, and she's nearing retirement. So not only did we give him the opportunity to defer taxes and create more deductions for the business, but here's the conversation that he's having with his employee. He's saying to them, hey, I'm not giving you a pay raise this year, okay? But what I am going to do is take an additional 10% of your salary and I'm going to put it into a retirement account for you. And oh, by the way, you need to stay here for three years to see all of that money. That's not a bad conversation at all to have with an employee, especially in that um, situation of, the great resignation. So I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, in terms of who do we see adopting these types of plans, um, professional type organizations are, are always a, a great candidate. Um, medical practices, CPAs, attorneys, technology businesses, uh, anyone in that white collar environment. But, you know, that first story that I told you about um, the individual who had to step, that business owner, um, he, uh, he, he has a beverage service delivering water to companies on a daily basis. That's what he does. Um, but anyone complaining about taxes, we could certainly take a look at them and, 
and see if, um, you know, see if there's a way to generate more deductions. And oftentimes it's what we see is that some organizations, they set up a retirement plan, whether it's maybe it's even a simple IRA or a SEP. Um, maybe it is just a straightforward safe harbor plan, but they go ahead, they put the plan in, they check the box, and they never really look at it again or really talk about it again. Is there more that we could be doing with this plan? Um, so those older plans are definitely candidates that come over to us often. Um, a lot of sole proprietors, um, people working by themselves, you know, as manufacturers reps, uh, people with side income as board members, uh, consultants of some sort. Those are people that we work with often in the solo 401k world, even a solo defined benefit plan. Um, we mentioned the steps, the simple IRAs are come over to us all the time. Um, that's another great one to look at. And something to keep in mind that, um, you know, Tim, maybe, maybe an offer for your listeners is that the, the Department of Labor likes an organization to benchmark uh, its existing re retirement plan every three to five years. So taking a look at it, making sure that um, are the fees that they're paying for outside services, are they competitive? Um, and, you know, when you do that every three to five years, the Department of Labor likes that, so if they ever walk in the door, it would be good to show them um, that you have checked it out. So, you know, maybe your uh, listeners uh, who are business owners, if they wanted us to take a look at their plan, we'd, we'd certainly be willing to do so. Now, Dane, I have a couple quick questions. Uh, you mentioned yeah, side so, income. Uh, yeah, yep. side income. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? And, you know, you're talking about simple IRAs for 2020, uh, why not change to a 401k today? So on the side income, um, you know, we'll work with individuals who maybe they're making $100,000 a year by sitting on the board of a, of a large company. Um, you know, we see individuals who act in a consultant role, not necessarily because they need the money, but they enjoy that work that they do. So, you know, they might be receiving what we could typically see that on a 1099, but now that side income uh, that I referenced, if, um, if they were running that through some type of a LLC, for example, we could actually look to see, can we take that income and defer it all into a retirement plan so that yeah, they can still do the work that they enjoy, but they don't necessarily have to um, significantly increase their tax obligation today because of that work. So we, we've done things where somebody sitting on a board actually defers their entire payment into some type of a solo 401k slash defined benefit plan, um, and they're the only person that the only participant in the plan. The simple IRAs, uh, I mentioned 2023, we could look at those. Um, the, the rule with simple IRAs, once you start contributing, and at this point I assume that any business with a simple IRA has already been uh, accepting employee contributions for the past three-plus months, um, once you start receiving those contributions in a year, you need to see the entire year out. Uh, but we could take a look at that to see, 
would a 401k be a better option? And if so, we could certainly implement it for 2023, uh, making that decision in the early fall. So, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I'll tell you, on that solo world, you know, I, I worked with somebody um, within the past few months that, you know, they're 45 years old, making $1.3 million a year as a sales and marketing specialist. Um, they're working by themselves. I don't know if they're, I can't remember exactly if it's, they're like a manufacturer's rep, but um, they don't work for a company. They work for themselves. Um, but they were in a step, you know, so in terms of last year, that was um, uh, $58,000 that they were able to put in uh, for for 2021. Um what we did was created a, a, a solo defined benefit plan. We have a solo 401k with a, taking in 58000 And then we put on top of that a solo defined benefit plan that deferred an additional $145,000 um, for this person. We didn't start having any conversations with them until the last week of January. So when most people were out celebrating the the holidays, well, I'm sorry, in December. So when most people were out celebrating the holidays the last week of December, we were talking to this individual about deferring an additional $145,000. We finalized things in January. They had the additional deduction for their 2021 tax return, and that'll be that $145,000 will stay with them for as long as they want to contribute that. So... That's, and, that's interesting. And yeah. another, what's that? That's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And in another case, you know, the simple IRAs, I, I mentioned that sometimes people don't, just don't go back and look at things again. But w- I worked with a 58-year-old gentleman. Um, he runs a retail tire operation. You know, it's not just a white-collar business that needs um, these kind of deductions. But running a retail tire operation, he was maxing out a simple IRA. So at the time, it was like $16,000 plus a 3% match. We created a 401k cash balance combo uh, Excuse me, plan for him, and all of a sudden, he's deferring $275,000. Um, so (laughs) now he has two family members working for him. So out of every dollar that goes into the retirement plan, 95 cents stays in the accounts of one of the family members. But he also, in addition to tax advantages, he wanted to reward long-term employees. And now, um, so he's able to do that with a, nice contribution to their retirement plans. And he's also looking at an exit strategy for the business. So what he may even do with that cash balance plan, since it's in place, he could structure a buyout of his business, potentially at least, that, you know, instead of taking all the money in in that same year, you could set up something like, and you must you must contribute $100,000 into a cash balance account for me over the next, whatever, five to 10 years. Um, and it's it's just another opportunity to look at an exit strategy 
in terms of uh, those buyout payments and avoiding, you know, big taxes up front. Okay. Hey, Dave, I think we only have a couple more minutes. So uh, I know you have uh, one or two more things you want to talk about. So, all right, I'm going to hurry up a little bit. I apologize. No, no, good. I'm I'm glad you told me. So we we do a lot of work with individuals who are looking for more deductions, whether they're somebody that's already maxing out their current retirement plan. Cash balance candidates, we typically see them being 40-plus years old. Um, Healthier salary, um, certainly 150 on up, even closer to 250 to 300. And uh, for the cash balance, the six-figure deductions, Typically, smaller business, less than uh, 25 employees. And just so all your listeners know, there's tax credits available for any brand-new retirement plans. Uh, There's also some legislation out there that could increase those credits. And uh, Secure Act 2.0 just did pass the House. Um, Now, there's probably a long way to go still with it. It has to go through the Senate and, of course, get presidential signature. There's but there's something will be passed, and uh, we see it coming through certainly by the end of the year. But just so all your um, listeners know, too, anyone with an existing 401k plan, just to help keep your eye on the ball, there is we're in what's called a document restatement period. So if your existing 401k has not been restated, um, that has to be done by the end of July this year. And certainly, Tim, they could reach out to you with any questions that they have on anything that I just mentioned. We'd, uh, if anyone wants to see any kind of numbers for themselves, we could take a look at what their current census date is, um, and we could compare every employee, their age and earnings against that of the owner, and, and show a business owner how much they'd be able to not only defer for themselves and put away for themselves, um, but also what kind of contributions would need to be given to the employee. So, Great. Okay. Well, Dane, thank you All very right. much. Are we going to run? And uh, can we have you back? Hey, I'd love to come back. Thanks so much for having me today. Um, All right. I hope everyone has and a great it's... rest of the weekend. All right. Uh, we'll be, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Stay tuned. Some people say a man is made out of mud. Poor man's made out of muscle and blood, muscle and blood and skin and bone. Okay, we're back. Uh, I want want to mention one more thing. You know, the wealth plan that we had Rich Matthews on last week, uh, you know, what they've done is they've rolled it out to prospective clients. So you can actually have a wealth plan with us without open an account yet, okay, which is uh, probably a neat idea. Uh, once again, this is a live show, so it's 216-901-0945 with any questions. That's 216-901-0945. You know, we did our first uh, quarter survey where we uh, we talked to about 600 institutions, and I don't think we found a bull in the group. <laughs> and, I mean, it's valuations, margins, the Fed, gas prices, you know, Russia, Ukraine have been weighing heavily. And we've been seeing some weaker numbers economically. Now, the one thing I will say is that the financial conditions, uh, you know, we'd be worried if it it got worse. But, uh, you know, we we are not as leveraged as we were in like 2002 and 2000 and then 2008. So um, the leverage situation is important. 
what I am seeing is uh, very defensive stocks uh, leading the way. Okay, and I've got I've got some pretty good names. I did some work this morning. And I got some pretty good names to look for that I would be adding even at this point. Uh, so the bullish percent, you know, as we always talk about, is our main risk guide. And it's when it's at a column of X's, we have the offensive team on the field. When it's a column of O's, then we're a little bit more defensive. Now, the one thing we have going for us is domestic equities are not number one, but they are number two. And, uh, you know, when they're number one or number two, you don't have to worry. Back in 2007 and 2000, they were the lowest form of life. They were zero on the uh, on the relative strength area. Uh, but we were down, we were 55, so we were down two. We're still in the column of X's, so we have the offensive team on the field. Uh, the over-the-counter index is very cheap still at 39.8 in a column of X's. And the world index is, is at uh, 47. They were up big this week. As a matter of fact, a lot of international stocks uh, look like they're going to break their downtrend line, So, um, especially South America. So uh, that's something to, to pay particular attention to. Uh, look, if, if you look, you know, we talked about oil last year, and oil is, is definitely the best-performing asset class. But look, I have a drug company that's up 50% this year. I have, you know, a financial company that's up big, and I'm seeing the insurance companies be up big. So it's not just... Uh, oil and it's not just basic materials um, you know so, but I think what you want to do well look, let's let's go back when we look at our friends from Dorsey Wright who uh, in Virginia who provide us with dynamic asset level investing also the bullish percent energy is the top dog now technology is now uh, seventh okay utilities are above technology remember energy basic materials and healthcare were dead last all right a year, for like three years they were, and it, energy we thought last last year both Lori Calcivina and Tom Lee talked about it uh, at about this time last year, and we started buying it and it took a while for my clients to come on board. But uh, and then the basic materials we talked about we bought you know things like Freeport McMoran and, and Century Aluminum things like that, uh, but financials are number three and industrials are number four. Okay. Uh, dead last is communication services, and uh, by the way, metaverse is a big component of that, and it's been getting killed. But healthcare is right there with it. Now, healthcare has been in the doghouse for about four or five years now. It's the longest period of time healthcare has been last, but energy was too, basic material was too, and I'm starting to see some interesting healthcare stocks on the charts. So, I. I I would say, look, in financials, I would overweight them, but they're weakening. And I, the bank group, especially, you know, if I look at the couple of the bank e- ETFs, they've broken double bottom after double bottom. And I'm starting to worry about them a little bit, obviously. Uh, but utilities, I would equal weight. I would improve. Consumer staples are definitely un- you know, underweighting for now, but they're improving. Uh, and so I think the international scenario, South America uh, has been the best place. And I, I think it's because... Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, bombs going off there <laughs> right at the moment, okay? Um, and, and fixed income, um, I think we've got uh, a, a lot to say about stuff like that. But, look, I, I would say you need a defensive portfolio and you need a little bit of growth. You know, growth seems to be bottoming a little bit. And I think the value side, you know, we've been putting on for a while. Now, everybody's been talking about a yield curve inversion, and the yield curve – went straight up. I mean, the yields went straight up uh, last week. So is the inversion over? 
I, I don't know. I, I guess that's a that's a question for for a lot of people out there. And I guess uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, the dollar continues to rise uh, with short-term interest rates, and you know, your currency tends to move up with your interest rates. Just so you know, uh, you know, some some people keep their interest rates up to defend their currency, uh, but it kills their economy, and then it all tumbles anyway. So, uh, but th- this is unusual in that the, the dollar and gold are moving up together and commodities are moving up together. So either people think that we're going to, we have a weakening coming of the dollar. Uh, I'm not sure, but you know, look at that, but look, I, I think, um, you know, I, I looked at the, you know, the QQQs and the, and the, uh, uh, that is the ETF for the NASDAQ composite. And then the SPX, which is the ETF. And they both, both broken their uptrend line dating back to the, the middle of uh, 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 March, uh, early March, I should say. And and now uh, they're looking interesting, you know, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens with those because I think, uh, you know, what you want to be doing is looking at areas, uh, I think, uh, where a lot of people aren't, okay? Now, one of the areas that uh, I'm looking at right now is semiconductors, and semiconductors have been very, very weak um they're under pressure and, and uh, you know maybe uh, the lows are premature i i don't know but uh you know they broke their uptrend line um dating back to the the bottom in in february and, and january uh so uh, technology remains under pressure it's been the the head dog now for four or five years so uh, look it, it may be that energy and basic materials and one one of the other areas i'm seeing is, uh, you know, they now have ETFs for agricultural products. And those seem to be doing pretty well, as does the uh, the guys in the, uh, well, I, I talked about this a long time ago, but, uh, you know, we were looking at chemical companies, and chemical companies look really good, especially if they make fertilizer. Uh, you know, the fertilizer companies are coming, uh, coming on. But utilities and consumer staples uh, were the only two positive sectors uh, you know, last Tuesday. So, you know, you can see that we're, we're getting, um, we're, we're going back and forth between value and growth, value and growth. And then in the middle is our dividend stocks. And, our, you know, that's why I've been talking about this barbell approach to the market. You know, in the belt, the bar itself is your uh, dividend stocks, your high quality names. I mean, look, they're, there's five or six major names in the Dow that broke out last week. There's one, like I said, one drug stock that's up like 50, 60% this year, okay? Um, but there's also some of the, you know, consumer discretionary stocks that look like shorts. Uh, some of the financials are looking kind of scary right now. And, you know, the FANGs uh, stocks are looking a little scary. Uh, now, that doesn't mean they can't turn around. Look, I'm not percent, you know, professing that you should go out and sell all these, all right? But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, one of the things we talk about on this show is that when you have an advance, you want the kings and the knights leading the way, okay? But you also want the foot soldiers, the archers, and the supply chain behind you. And, you know, the average stock in the NASDAQ composite, which consists of about 3,655 stocks, is down about 40%. That hurts, okay? And it, it may have been... It, it, overdid it, overshot a little bit. So, you know, maybe that's it. But I think the key is, is that uh, 
you know, you, you've had a lot of stocks go down. And if they don't start to pick back up, I don't know if the kings and knights can survive an advance, okay? And, and that's, uh, that's the problem. So uh, there we go. Now, if I look at the S&P, the NASDAQ, and the Dow Jones, uh, they've broken their early lows. And they've retraced about 38.2%, all right? Uh, now, on a Fibonacci scale, that's not an exact number. And, and believe me, Fibonacci was important. Also, their daily momentum indicators, their MACDs, if you don't know what they are, they, they crossed over in the negative territory. So, uh, all right, listen, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Uh, if you have a question, it's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. As you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show, and uh, you know we talk about the insiders all the time, and the insiders have been pretty bullish in the last week. Uh, and there's some interesting stuff going on. This is, you know, this is for all you guys that like to roll the dice. This is the Vegas stock, uh, but there's a company by the call, name of Allset Ehome International, where uh, uh, Mr. Chan, he's the chief executive officer, bought. Uh, several times he bought a million shares. Uh, he, he bought 136,000 shares. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 4.3 million shares for 3.2 million dollars. So it's below a dollar. And then he bought uh, another 1.9 million. Then he bought another million. Then he bought another 900,000. Uh, so uh, I think I think he bought 300,000 earlier in the week too. So I mean he, he's buying a lot of it. I, I I'm not recommending the stock. It is a low price one, but uh, you know, uh, these guys, you know, look, when you sell, you sell for a lot of reasons. When you buy, you buy to make money. That's simple. That's why we follow the insiders. They know their companies better than us. And Eris Management Corporation, which is asset management, the parent company bought uh, 3 million shares to the tune of $75 million. And, and Ben Franklin Resources, uh, uh, Ben is a symbol, uh, their parent company bought uh, $12.2 million worth of stock. So, Somebody thinks the asset class group is going to be going up pretty soon here. Now, here's another one, uh, Braze Software, which was a, one of the new hot new issues. and It's gone from 70 all the way down to 36. And we have a director, uh, several directors here, by the way. Uh, Matthew Jacobson and Doug, Doug Pepper, have, they've all bought about $7, 8000000 million worth of stock, and then they bought another 6 and a half. But uh, we have Len on the phone. Len, how are you? Yeah, hi, Tim. How are you? No complaints. Hey, I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on stock buybacks and whether you are good or they're just a form of market manipulation to increase the stock in order to boost executive pay and bonuses. Well, they may they may do that, by the way. Uh, but if you're a shareholder and you're in a down market. Uh, they're a wonderful thing because you know you have at least one buyer in the market. And sometimes, you know, these guys have a lot of cash on hand, Len, and, you know, they can raise the dividend. The problem with the dividend is it stays there forever, or they can buy back some stock, or they can do both, okay? And, you know, it's nice to know that you have a buyer at the bottom. Now, the Democratic Party hates it, so that might be a reason to like it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
but the 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 key is yes it does enhance the the uh, earnings of the CEO and the board probably does it help the shareholder mm-hmm. absolutely so yeah. I, I'm kind of in, I'm in favor I love dividends as you know if you listen to the show at all and stock buybacks with a dividend is, is a great thing you know I mean look you know during the the pandemic Apple was buying their stock with both hands. Now I sold some Apple uh, right before the pandemic, and I, it was just parabolic. Actually, Bob Dickey was uh, the guy who called it, and uh, it was just in tax deferred accounts, so I, I didn't have to pay any taxes. And then, you know, we put in a, a buy order, one hundred and twelve dollars below, and we got filled in a month, which was amazing, by the way. Uh, but at that bottom, Apple was buying with both hands. It didn't hurt me at all. <laughs> so yeah. as a shareholder, I liked it, you know. Uh, so I think people are making too much of it, you know, uh, on the on the political side. But uh, look, they have capital. What better use than to buy your own company? You know, raise your yeah, dividend, buy your that, own company. Should, shouldn't that capital be used to expand the business and invest in new products and services instead? I mean, it, it's kind of a lazy way on the part of management to raise their stock price. Eh, maybe, but uh, you know the, the question is how much of their cash flow are they using, all right? And uh, look, when your stock's down, you know you buy low, you sell high, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, yeah. I, you know, it just goes to the treasury. I don't have any problem with that at all, none at all. Okay, all right, very good. All I right. appreciate your insight. Thanks for the question, Len. Uh, also, uh, Energy Transfer Partners is another name uh, that came out. You know, uh, we, we're starting to warm up to the name, but uh, Mike Grimm, who's a director, bought uh, $5.6 million. Also, we had American Atlantic, which is a, a little uh, insurer where we had uh, a, a trustee buy uh, $5.5 million. And here's another name, Groupon. You know, they bought last week, and now we have uh, another group buying about $3.6 million. And also, uh, TFF Pharmaceuticals is another $3.5 million buyer, a director. And another pharmaceutical, Q Pharmaceutical, uh, which was like a $20 stock, now like a $5 stock, uh, they bought $3.5 million. So, by the way, I, I'm sorry, Jan Barta of uh, Groupon bought a couple times uh, to the tune of about $7, 8000000 million. So uh, there we go. All right, so we've had some insiders. We've had some insider buyers. The other place is Rocket Mortgage Companies. We've we had uh, the chief executive buy uh, – Close to a million dollars worth of about eight hundred ninety thousand dollars worth of stock is what it comes down to. So we've had some good solid insider buying, and uh, you know we'll leave it at that. One of the things I've noticed this week was the put to call ratio was probably the lowest of the year. So speculation is quite rampant right now. Remember when the put to call ratio is very high, that's when everybody's frightened. They're buying puts a lot more puts than calls. You know puts you're expecting the stock to go down, calls you're expecting the stock to go up. So right now, I think a lot of people are uh, over bullish. <laughs> uh, now, I did get a question from Mike, and he said, can you explain what you were talking about uh, as far as the FANG stocks? The FANG stocks all have the same chart. They have a couple of, couple of tops, and then they made a lower top, and then they've broken that lower top. But we're still below the original top, and they all look the same. All of them do. So... That could be a positive thing. It could be a negative thing. We we just have to see. I think the grains, though, are breaking out. And uh, 
So, you know, any company involved with the grains should be, uh, you know, you should pay attention to. But they do now have ETFs that where you can buy the grains themselves. Now, the key there uh, is that you do have a K1. And K1s, they deliver them the day before your taxes are due usually. So you want to be careful with those. Uh, but they're breaking out in a big way. And, uh, uh, you know, that might be um, an interesting thing. So, you know, large caps remain the area of focus. Mid caps uh, are unappealing. Small caps, uh, you know, I don't see anything happening there. So the foot soldiers are still back at the barn, all right, uh, are back at the barracks, I mean. And and the, that is not a good sign for the overall market. We need to, to get uh, that going. Now, look, if we look at the long view, and I think this is important, you know, the current cycles, you know, we have, these 17, you know, 16 to 18 year bull markets. Okay. And I think we're, we're at the beginning of one. We're not at, you know, we're not going uh, out, out of our way to say, Hey, this is, you know, going to go crazy, but, but the average return, we've had three grand bull markets in this century. And each time it was, the game was about 2,300%. All right. So if we just went to 2000, we'd be looking at 13,500 to 14,000 on the S and P we're nowhere near there yet. So, uh, but there are four-year cycles. So every, you know, four years you have a big rally. Then you have a, you know, a year where you distribute some of that ra- rally. Then you have a pickup, and then you start over again. Okay. So I think we're at the latter stages of that, and and uh, that's the problem. I think uh, the other thing is, you know, we we talk on the show about the four-month and the 13-month moving average, and uh, look. In statistics, we always regress back to the mean. So the four-month was way ahead of the 13-month, and we got to watch that carefully because if it rolls over, we got a problem. Now, you know, the, the monthly momentum has been very high. It's getting down to a point where, you know, it's low. But on the S&P 500 index, the monthly momentum is still not near zero. Okay, so we're still very, very overbought, and that's that's the problem. And uh you know, the the problem is, uh, you know, when you have a daily reading that or a weekly reading that's that's oversold, you got to be careful because is it a you know a market bounce or is it a sustainable rally? Is you know is a bear market bounce? Now we did have the bears, all the bears went away suddenly, okay, and and the and the bulls came back a little bit, and that's what we were talking about. The put the call ratio uh, is very important. Now, like I said, I I did see some of the emerging markets. Do do well, uh, but the relative strength is still not there with the S and P 500. Uh, uh, you know, so you got to be uh, careful there. I, I would just suggest that uh, the 10 year yield is very close to breaking the downtrend line that dates all the way back to 1975. Now, let me say that again: the 10 year yield. We're talking about 1975 till today. We're breaking the downtrend line. So pay attention to that. I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you next week if we broke it. i got to do some charting, that type of thing. The dollar did break out, which is interesting. And, you know, the dollar's, you know, backed by uh, its currency. So, look, I think it's very important right now that you, you really take a look at what didn't go down during this period of time. Okay? And we've talked about this before. Dividend growth has been hanging in there really well. Prime income has been, you know, the utilities and the REITs have been hanging in there really well, okay, the prime income list. But also, some major companies have broken out to new highs. 
All right. So if you're not paying attention, you better pay attention. All right. So these companies, if you know, are breaking out to new highs, and uh, there are also some really good-looking charts in the medical area, as well as uh, you know, where some of the growth stocks are now down far enough where they look really, really good. And I know I've talked to some traders at on our desk, and I've talked to some other people in the industry where they're actually buying some of these things. Okay, uh, some of these things, you know are down 60, 70% from their highs. Remember, the, the S&P 500 has held up a lot better than the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ, the average stock now, uh, and I've heard this on TV a couple times, so I'm pretty sure it's true, is down about 40%. That, that hurts, all right? So keep that in mind. So if you'd like to have coffee and talk about your portfolio and uh, just review it, uh, please give me a call. If you'd like to do a wealth plan, remember, you don't have to be a client now. We can, we can do this for prospective clients, and uh, we can do a wealth plan for you and, and let you understand. It's not the complete thing, but it allows you to go into playground to say, hey, am I winning or losing? Also, you know, if, you've, if you're a small business owner or even a large business owner and you want to talk about your 401k, let us know, okay? Go to WHK1420, go down to the local podcast, down to Smart Investor Show, it goes right to my webpage. You can contact me that way or call me. The uh, number is 888-223-7742. Uh, in the meantime, have a great weekend. Stay warm. This is the Investor Show. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.